Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. We're uh, a crowded crew tonight. We've got several people with us. We've got uh, uh, Brad. Good evening. We've also got Dan. Hey everyone. And for the first time in over, well, I would say over a year, we've got Mitch. Hey guys. <laughs> welcome back, Mitch. It's been a while. We'll um we'll start with you. Um, it was a disappointing result, I guess, against Wednesday. We predictably took the lead and we predictably conceded the lead, but unpredictably, we actually managed to get an equaliser. So how did you see this one? Uh, yeah, well, it was nice to be on the other end of a late goal for once. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nah, like, I don't know, I guess it's a decent point away from home, but for where we are, I don't think a point is like going to do as much much good like considering we shouldn't be in this position in the first place so I guess three points is the only thing that would that's going to keep me happy at the moment but I guess like before the game would I have taken a draw probably I guess but yeah (laughs) disappointing to have the lead and lose it yeah Dan I mean we we pretty much dominated that first half I think the stats at half time would say that we didn't concede a shot on target so really uh, it's a pretty frustrating one where we come out second half and, and they really get all over us and, and arguably deserve the win. And, and obviously, luckily, we managed to snatch a point at the end of it. But uh, as Mitch, I guess, has said, we, we really need more than a point at this stage. Yeah, you uh, the, probably the key word I just pull, pulled out of your little statement there was frustration. frustration and that seems to be like a resounding and repetitive uh, experience for us at the moment. Um, yeah, like it's like it, as Mitch said, it's good to see that you know we clawed back to um, a late goal to 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 snatch a point, but um, it's it's really not enough, and it's just it's the same story. Like we went up and we were dominating, and then we basically threw the game away, and and then just I think Dawson managed to snatch it for us on his you know, after he's missed the last the last game. But yeah, it's it's very frustrating, disappointing and yeah, I don't know what, what's gonna happen. Hopefully um we'll see an upturn in fortunes. I mean you never know, that 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 last gasp equalizer might be just what we need to, to start spur to spur us on and start pushing us into some more positive results. Yeah, Brad, I mean, we'll, we'll talk in a second about the uh, ramifications for the managers and uh, and what's happened there. But obviously, um, Campbell with a great goal in the first half and then Dawson right at the end there really saved us. Um, but but how did you see the game? How, how did you see the performance from the players? Because obviously in the second half, they just really kind of dropped back and went into their shells. Yeah, look, they did. And, and I suppose maybe I'm looking at it a, a bit different than I normally would. Um, I, I was actually glad we frustrated another team with a last-minute uh, goal, and I actually thought it was probably what we deserved, even though we did sit back at times um, and probably looked like we weren't going to add a lot of value to the game. But probably the the thing that I keep looking at is is if if we do pick up a point away, that's job done. Um, it's always got to be on our own soil, and you know that's where we're going to pick up six points out of nine or something like that. So I'm sort of okay with the draw um, and glad that we pissed someone else off for a change. But uh, probably in hindsight, I still think it gets back to home form and actually winning games at home. 
Uh, and Brad, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with you on this one. Um, obviously, the game's had a pretty negative uh, fallout in terms of our managerial casualty with Slutsky going. Do you think he was a bit hard done by with the sacking? I mean, we've talked in previous weeks about whether or not he deserved the job, whether he deserved to stay in the job. Um, and, and obviously, just recently, in the last half an hour or so, we've had Nigel Adkins appointed as manager. So what have you made of that managerial uh, turnaround? Look, to answer your first point, um, we know he was sacked. Um, he uh, probably with the greatest respect to Leonard had lost everyone's faith in the last few weeks, if not weeks ago. Um, it's a performance-based situation and, and the figures aren't there. And, of course, the manager calls the shots. So I do think, though, that um, he, he was on a hiding to nothing from the start. Obviously, it's been well talked about uh, the squad being put together so late is always going to be a problem. And although we saw a bit of honeymoon period when Phelan took over last year, that soon dissipated because you can't hide from the fact you need these guys together for a long period of time to work on a lot of things in pre-season. But maybe Leonard wasn't up to it. He certainly showed at other levels he can do it. But um, I, without sort of taking away the rest of the conversation, Adkins I don't have a real opinion on other than He's done it before at other clubs, but he's also had a lean spell at some championship clubs as well. So the only thing I can think of is if you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing for a few weeks, you've got to make a change. The key is going to be whether Adkins can utilise his contacts and open January up with what he actually wants or whether Ehab's going to actually let him. And Dan, yeah, as Brad said there, Slutsky obviously on a hiding to nothing for several weeks now, really. I mean, it's really... I'm thinking back, and honestly, until that Birmingham City game where we won 6-1, and that was probably the last positive result he's had. Arguably the Barnsley game where we won 1-0, but other than that, I, th- I feel like pretty much every game since then, it's been late goal after late goal, and really uh, the confidence has slipped away. Uh, was this sacking basically inevitable, and, and what's your opinion of Adkins coming in? Um. Yeah, look, honestly, I think the the writing's been on the wall for a little while. That like Adkins is he's he's sat in and watched three or four games or something. I'm pretty sure he's been to a few games this season, sitting with with the Alums. So, I mean, you'd have to say that Slutsky, unfortunately, has been a bit of a dead man walking for a little while. And then, um, which, you know, as as Brad said, you know, it's a results based game and. The results, unfortunately, haven't been there um, for 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 Slutsky or for us this this season so far. Um, like, and I said last week that I I like I like Leonid, um, but I don't I can't actually find a reasonable argument against um, the decision to let him go. Whether the decision to appoint Nigel Adkins is is going to be a good one, I suppose we will we will see. But um, yeah. He he has, as Brad said, he's done some good stuff at Southampton, um, particularly when uh, successive promotions, I think. Um, and but he's had some 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 shockers as well. So I hope that you know he does good things. But I think like if when you think about like Southampton, for example, like they've got one of the best youth academies in England. Um, and obviously when you're working on and championship or, or below that level, you've got, obviously you've got to, on a limited budget and the budget 
if you you got to be able to make the most of the resources you have available and you've got good quality youth and you've got that system in place then that always makes that job a little bit easier yeah um mitch uh adkins being appointed interestingly after ehab had said i think it was when we appointed silver where he sort of proudly said oh well we're not going to get involved in this managerial merry-go-round and we're not going to appoint you know tony Pulis or a sam allardyce to keep us up we're going to go out and we're going to get marco silver we're going to try something different obviously slutsky was a little bit different as well but now we've kind of reverted to type by going out and getting nigel adkins that british sort of manager who'll give you a bit of safety a bit of security and be something a bit more predictable how, how do you see the appointment of adkins um dan sort of touched on there he did really well with southampton he did well before that with uh Scunthorpe as well but then he, well. he kind of um, didn't do so well with Reading, and then I think a lot of Sheffield United supporters are saying he's basically the worst manager they've ever had. So uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, well, for starters, uh, with what he had said, I've kind of just kind of just realised that everything he says is probably not worth listening to. <laughs> um, but yeah, on Adkins, I guess his record, like I'm just looking at his win percentages right now, and they're all like around 40s or 50s, which is okay considering ours this season is like below 20, I'm pretty sure. I think it's <laughs> yeah. like 19.7. Yeah. So I guess when you look at it like that, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's, it's probably just something short term or as you know, 18 months. But yeah, I think he'll be able to keep us up at the very least. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question. Obviously, at this stage, sadly enough, it seems that our focus is more on staying up than on going up. Um, Do you think that Adkins is the manager to keep us in the championship? Which, you know, six months ago would have been a crazy question to ask. But do you think he's basically come in to keep us in the championship? Or do you think in the next six months... I mean, you kind of forget that we're going to get Hernandez back in a in a month or so, really. Uh, Moses Odebajo might be coming back in the next month or two, and Ryan Mason might be coming back in, in, in pretty soon as well. So there's a couple of pretty decent players coming back into the side, potentially. Do you think that could give us actually a bit of a boost and, dare I say it, make a run for the uh, for the playoffs? Uh, well, that's what I've been saying to my brother when he's been hanging crap on me. Um, <laughs> that we've, got, we've got three really good players on the sideline. Um, I'm not sure that if they come back, we'll be able to push for the playoff spots. I think we're a little bit too far off. I don't know, it's only halfway through, but it's still it's still a big hill to climb. But I think I think Atkins can just keep us up, probably probably mid table, even lower mid table, just anything but going down. I will take. Um, but yeah, I think that's what he's been brought in to do. And I think he'll do that well enough. Um, yeah, Brad. Just on that, do you think uh, what, what what role do you think Adkins has been brought into play? Is it to keep us up, or is it to sort of uh, push us into that mid-table, upper half of the table sort of range? Yeah, look, I think if you ask Ehab, um, he'd be saying that Adkins is there to try and uh, protect the value of the squad and not getting relegated. Um, but yeah, look, Adkins is probably the man to keep us up. Um, well, I shouldn't say the man. He's the one that probably will keep us up now that he's been appointed. But um, the thing that interests me the most is, just going back to Dan's point, he talked about the fact that Southampton had a, a, a U-Butte uh, Academy and um, at that stage, uh, although he was, I suppose, controversially sacked, 
uh, in the long term, it was a good appointment, and they were a very stable club um, in the back office. Whereas, it'd be interesting to see how good old Nige goes with uh, stabbing Ehab, and uh, what happens when Hernandez and Otabagio and Mason come on and could be even transfer bait. It'd be very, very interesting to see what sort of guarantees, if they're worth anything, Ehab's given Atkins. But I do think overall he. I actually think, funny enough, Leonard would have kept us up because the amount of mistakes we were making in him, we were going to get it right. And you just can't score that many goals and get relegated, in my opinion. But um, Adkins could get on a little run that sees us safely entrenched in the mid-table. It'd be nice to see anyway. Well, it's interesting your point there, um, whether anything happens in January. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Jared Bowen in particular and also Kamal Grzycki in terms of potential sales in January. I think um, whether Adkins has come in with any sorts of assurances about the squad being held together. Obviously, Slutsky was given the same sorts of assurances, and, and then we saw Klukas out the door on just about the last day of the window. Um, it, it'll be interesting well, to see what I think that happened. was lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. The, the supermarket doors being closed, I don't think quite were at that point. They were sort of uh, opening and closing um, uh, at that time, players coming in and out. But, um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Adkins can manage to do. I, I, I find it interesting because he's another sort of manager like Slutsky who's a bit more positive and cheerful and uh, optimistic, whereas Silva and Bruce before him were a bit more uh, cold and calculating. And I saw, I saw a pretty depressing stat, Dan, recently that we've had more managers uh, than away wins since Bruce left us. Um, it's an interesting one to think about because we had Bruce in charge for about three years and and since then we've had a bit more of a revolving door. Do you think Adkins is sort of the answer that will get a bit more stability under him or is it more a case that the club is just going to continue to churn through managers as we uh, inevitably sort of drop down the uh, league rankings? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, look, I think Adkins has been brought in. He's been brought in to steady the ship. Like that's end of story. They found they've got someone who's and they they just obviously like we just got to stop shipping goals. And I assume ta- tactically that'll be the the thing. We'll we'll start um, trying to stop it. Stop going backwards on the field. And then in terms of the broader picture, I um, would imagine that his role within the um, organization as a whole is much the same. That they're just going to try and. Um, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that um, if he can get, if he can do his job on the field, then the stability that comes from that will allow us to hopefully keep him in in his in a position um, for long enough that we're not going to continue on the uh, on this managerial merry-go-round. Maguire moving the ball to the right. El Mahamedy, now the 1-2, this is better stuff from Hulk. Can Maguire supply across into the middle? It's going to drop for Diaby. scrambled in. They've made up for the penalty which they've missed earlier on in this game. And Hull have distanced themselves away from Brentford before half-time. 
Okay, well, we'll talk now about Brentford, who are our upcoming opponent this weekend. And it was a pretty comprehensive couple of victories that we had against them last year, uh, courtesy of both Klukas and Robertson in the first game of last season. And then, as we just heard, Mo Diami in the returning game at the KCOM at the end of the season. Um, it's a, a team that we've had a decent record against recently, and dare I say it, another B team where uh, obviously we didn't get the result against Bristol City uh, at, at the KCOM uh, in our last try against them, but we've had a pretty decent record against B-named teams so far this season. Um, Brad, whoop, I'll say, start with Dan on this one. Um, Dan, wh- what's your take on Brentford? I mean, they've had a pretty similar season to us. Some would have expected them to have um, a, a stronger season. They've got decent squad of players um one of those teams that's kind of going for that money ball tactic where they're plucking players from here and there and of course we got moses from them a couple of seasons ago burnley got andre gray who we were pursuing for quite a while from them as well um they've got a decent squad but they're also sort of languishing towards the bottom of the table um do you see it as a decent chance for adkins to get three points on the board to start his managerial reign um, I, I, that first game in charge is always interesting. Um, look, I think he's got, he's, he's got a few sessions with the squad. I think, um, look, I think we'll come out and we'll play a pretty simple game. Honestly, I think, um, he'll just spend a couple of days trying to, um, get, get a defensive structure like a structure set up and say this is like just this is what we're going to do basically and it's not going to be too too complex or anything you know this is the way that i want to play and we're just going to start introducing them to that um and honestly like at this stage a nice simple game plan might be just what we need um i'm just looking yeah brentford six nine six wins nine draws Nothing. Yeah, they're not. They're not going as well as they possibly could be. Um, but they're just they're around mid-table, probably where I would love to be at the moment. But um, no, I think I honestly like. We've said it before, and I mean I'll be the one to say it again that the championship is a really tough competition because anyone can honestly beat anyone on any given day, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I think the 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 change. I think the change will do us good. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be enough for a win, but I think it. I think we can get a nice positive draw out of it. Um, and and then on that Mitch, I guess as Dan said, it's a division where anyone can beat anyone, and I guess that gives us a chance as good as anyone on on a given day. Brentford at home as good as any chance really to get a result for Adkins. Um, they, they don't seem to be anything special really this season, so you'd hope that we can get a positive result? Um, well, yeah, at home, you'd always hope for a positive result. But in saying that, they've only lost one in like their last 13 league games, and that was the well, Cardiff as well. So, yeah, their recent form has been really good. Way to ruin yeah. on my um, par- rain on my parade. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and Jared Bowen's out too, so that could prove interesting. You'd assume Grishiki will come in. But Mitch, I'm not getting you on the podcast do. for another two years. You, you, you're just bringing me <laughs> lots of bad news. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Um, yeah, well, we lose a lot of goals with, well, basically all our goals with Tom yeah. being out. But, um, but Grisicki on his day is probably our best player, in my opinion, if, if he's on his game, which is very 50-50. But um, he's got a point to prove now since he's been benched lately. Um, so I'm going to say, I'll say we'll get a draw there. Yeah, so just on that, I guess, with Grzyzki potentially coming back into the lineup if uh, if Bowen's to miss, um, how do you see us lining up? Because we've we've talked in recent podcasts about the fact that uh, Slutsky sort of alternated between two up top and one up top. Um, Adkins is an interesting one because, you know, there'd be some perceptions of the fact that he's English and he's traditional and boring and predictable or whatever, that he might go a bit more defensive. Um, but of course, Southampton under him was quite attacking. And I think it was actually one of the reasons he ended up getting sacked was they were letting in so many goals. Uh, funnily enough, quite similar to Slutsky. Um, do you see him going a bit more attacking and playing the two up top, especially at home? Or, or do you see him being a bit more cautious and uh, maybe just going Campbell up top? Um... I have a feeling he'll play... Uh, it's really tough. At first, I thought Dicko and Campbell up top, but but looking at him, I, I, I just want Jackson Irvine to play, basically. <laughs> um, and I can't really see him not starting Henriksen either, even though he's not been superb. Um, I think he'll start both of those two, and then obviously Grisicki as well. Um so I think he'll, I think he'll just yeah play Campbell up front. Well, it's interesting. I mean, as you say, with um, both Henriksen and uh, and Irvine as potential players to start, Torrell's also fit now as well. So we've got those three attacking midfielder options, and with Bowen out, we really don't have a right mid. So whether Grzyzewski plays on the left, and then we have, for instance, Henriksen on the right, and then either Irvine or Torrell in the in 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 the centre. It's going to be a very stacked team in terms of attacking midfielders. Um, Dan, how do you see the lineup going? Do you see two up top, or do you see us sort of stacking the midfield? Um, yeah, um, I think probably... Um, I think it will probably just be... It will probably just be Campbell up top. Um, partly because of what I said before, that he'll want to... Um, try and steady steady it up a bit but also like um in 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 do playing with just Campbell up top you're sort of continuing on with what we've been doing a little bit and hopefully that the like the players will be able to work with that a little bit easier than going from playing as a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 and then all of a sudden we're going to just go an orthodox 4-4-2 or something um i think yeah i, I I think we we kind of really have enough options there to be to play the two up top at the moment. Really, anyway, we don't really have enough quality backups to you know if that if something goes wrong, then you don't really have you don't really have the manpower to to then adjust and change to that anyway. And then I guess the area of the pitch that we haven't touched on yet and probably the most interesting in terms of um, the ramifications from Slutsky going is our defence. Obviously, uh, Tomori, Aina and Hector all on loan from Chelsea, potentially only brought in because of Slutsky's connections with Abramovich. Um, Mitch, I guess in January, we'll probably be looking to make some additions to our defence anyway. 
Do you see Adkins as potentially shifting that defence for this game against Brentford or going with the defence that uh, I guess Slutsky sort of stuck with in the past, potentially having, you know, Aina at right back, um, Hector and Dawson at centre back and then uh, Clark at left back? Or do you think he'll sort of try and shift that around a little bit? Um, well, I'm not sure he has many options to shift it around. Um, I think I think Matt Clark has been has been okay. Like considering our defense has been terrible, I don't think he's been all that bad comparatively. I guess um, I don't think Kamori's been crash hot, so I'm not sure. Well, obviously I'm not Atkins, so I'm not sure how he'll see that. Um, but I guess Hector comes back into it now, so I guess it, it will be him and Dawson in the middle. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't really see many options to change it up apart from if he takes Tamori up from right back. But yeah, so probably majority the same. Yeah, um, and I guess on that, Dan, I guess Mazook is really the only option we would have to sort of change things up in centre-back. I, th- I actually think he might have started the last game with Dawson, uh, with Hector out of the side. Do you see Hector coming back in, um, as sort of, as I guess Mitch has said there, or, or do you reckon Mazook should continue? Um, oh, that is... That's a good question. Look, I... I don't know. I haven't really seen enough of Mazook to have a... Like, to get a real opinion of him, which is very frustrating, because... He did pretty well in the preseason, didn't he? Yeah. From from what I remember. Yeah. Um, and Hector has been so hot and cold. It's been so ridiculously frustrating. One game he is winning, like coming out and making interceptions and distributing the ball like a champion. And like he's pretty much tripping over his own feet the next game. So, um, yeah, it's it's been frustrating. I don't know. I think Adkins will hopefully, he's been to a few games. He will have seen what, most of the players are capable of and within the next couple of sessions he'll hopefully see and he'll make his own mind up um but i think probably hector will come back in um but it could go either way and i would probably be just content either way as long as there's enough defenders on the pitch (laughs) yeah we want enough defenders on the pitch to to stop those uh late goals um mitch a score prediction from you I'm going to say one-off. And Dan? Unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm agreeing with Mitch and just going the same. I think just a one-all. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that uh, Adkins can have a bit of magic dust and, and get us a gritty 1-0 victory in his first game in charge and hopefully get us off on the right foot. Um, I, I worry for another game where we concede a late, um, you know, goal for them to win the game or else a goal to give us uh, to, to lose us the, uh, the win and, and give them a draw uh, I worry if that happens again because of the fact that it would then sort of start to indicate that it's maybe not an issue with Slutsky but instead an, an issue with the mentality of the squad um, so yeah I, I hope we can get a win or at the very least a draw and as long as we don't concede a goal in the last 15 minutes that's probably the main thing for me and, and uh, would make me pretty happy um but, you know, fingers crossed for the weekend. And uh, until then, thanks for joining me, guys. No worries. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, we'll be back same time next week on the Thursday. But special and important news, we've got uh, an interview with Jackson Irvine himself on next Wednesday. 
So tune in for that. It'll be a great listen, I'm sure. We'll be talking all things Hull City, all things uh, Australian national team, and as well as his uh, his career so far in, in all aspects. So it'll be a great listen, I'm sure. So until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back because you're out.